0: Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit Scoop with Michelle. Michelle is just your typical grounded Taurus, Canadian loving girl who loves everything spiritual. Michelle's a spiritual medium, a Reiki master, and an angel reader. Get ready each week to dive into Michelle's own lived experiences, spiritual guidance and tips, awesome guests, and lots and lots of spirits, of course. Together we'll feel inspired, learn something new. We'll learn to trust in spirit and don't be surprised if you have a lot of OMG moments. So now's your time to grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and we're about to start. Here's your host, Michelle Lindsay.
1: Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? I like your little space. Is this like your is this in your home?
0: My living room. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. It feels like it definitely lands up with my double Taurus cancer side. I'm like, I have a work desk over there that I'm like, no, I need to be comfortable and cozy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love it. This is like, it's, it feels like I'm just like over for coffee. Mm -hmm. Cheers. (laughs) I'm like, I'm still rocking the iced coffees. I can't say no.
0: (laughs) They look so much more appetizing. I don't know why.
1: Um, yeah, I'm like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get go get a coffee versus make one at home because I have a machine, then I'm gonna get a nice coffee. That's my, my like rule.
0: <laughs> I love it. So excited to talk about astrology today with you. I have Courtney Burns here from Bravely Beautiful Brand. She's an astrologer here from Vancouver, BC, an astro coach, teacher, mentor, Reiki practitioner, and she also has her own podcast series called The Saturn Return Diaries, which I highly recommend for anybody who needs guidance or support during their Saturn return. Are you originally from Vancouver, Courtney?
1: No, Um, thank you for that intro, by the (laughs) way. I'm super happy to be here. This is super exciting. Um, But no, I'm not from Vancouver. I'm originally from Ontario, from Brantford, Ontario. If anyone knows where that is, that is where Wayne Gretzky is from. Mm. That's what I say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My grandma's from Brantford, actually. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) But yeah, so I have had a a handful of astrology readings from you before, which I love. And um, recently we did a, a cartography. Is that how I say it?
1: Yeah, astrocartography,
0: astrocartography mm-hmm. reading, which is fascinating, and I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit uh, later in the episode as well. But I would love to start with just like just briefly, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, or as little. Um, how did you get into astrology in the first place?
1: Mm-hmm. I love when people ask this question because everyone's journey is like so unique, obviously to them. I have always been into astrology and my like very first memories of it was basically my grandma had this book at her house and it was on the fridge and it was all about Aquarius because she was also an Aquarius and we have that in common. We're very similar. And I would always read it like all the time. And then, you know, that kind of just started trickling out into reading like the newspapers, the back of the horoscopes and like magazines, like so many of us. Right. And When I reflected back from this question, it's really interesting because I actually noticed that a lot of people bought me gifts like that were related to astrology, like shirts that had like the astrological wheel on it, like so many things. And I'm like, that's so random. Like, I don't I guess maybe it was just like always an interest that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in the recent years, probably more so around 2018, where I really started to do more personal development work on myself. I started diving in deeper and just like starting to learn my own chart. And through that process, um, we had the pandemic obviously in 2020 and I was really like understanding it more at that point. So I thought, okay, well maybe what I'll do is I'll take some courses and just like really see where I'm at in terms of what I know and where I need to grow and learn. And so I did that and then here I am now. (laughs)
0: Okay. I love that. So first it was like more self-discovery. You're like, I want to learn more about myself on a deeper level.
1: Yeah, exactly. And which I always say to people, I think it's such a, like that's such a great tool to use it for, right? And it's such a great place to start learning.
0: It's always, yeah, it is always interesting to see how how we're called to things. Cause I I know, I wondered if it was a similar feeling of like, Cause some people describe being called to Reiki or being called to mediumship. And I always wondered, like, do you, did you feel it really young or did you feel like that you were called to it? But it sounds like it just kept popping up, like how you said it was.
1: Yeah. I haven't actually thought about it like that before, but I think you're right. Like I did hear an astrologer who's like, he's really old. He's been around for a long time and he's, he's really fun to watch. Um, But he said, astrology chooses you. You don't choose astrology. And I think that's very true for being a medium, being, you know, being called to Reiki, just like kind of like what you were saying, any of those things. And maybe in a way it is like our soul kind of like knows it from a past life. Like I definitely, definitely relate to that. And I think sometimes the things that we're naturally you know, come a little bit easier to us. Maybe there is some connection to having it in a past life, you know? So yeah, yeah, I definitely relate to that. I just haven't thought about it like that. So thank you.
0: Yeah, no worries. I actually thought about two of it being linked to past lives too. Like, do you feel like you have lived other lives on different planets? Um, and do you, or like a feeling like a star seed or that this is all new to you coming to earth?
1: Oh my God. I no One has asked me these questions before. I love this. There's a running joke with like people in my life who are like you are very like alien like and makes sense. I'm an I'm an Aquarius. I have a Mercury Aquarius and Saturn in Aquarius. There's a lot of Aquarius in my chart, which mm-hmm. is more so like the extraterrestrial energy. But I never have never really identified with like Star seed or. Pleadians, like I don't, I don't know about any of that, but definitely like probably have been on different planets. But also like thinking in terms of the astrology comes from, you know, like gods and goddesses and very Egyptian. So, you know, in that kind of realm, I'm like, probably, like there was probably a life where I did experience something in that, you know, part of the last. Years or whatever we want to call it, and I think that definitely feels really true.
0: That's cool. Before we dive into the current energies uh, for your own cartography, do you have anything that lines up in on that side of the world?
1: I haven't even looked. Actually, that's so funny. (laughs) I need to. Um, I have not looked that far, which I definitely should. I feel like you're giving me all these like insights. (laughs) Oh my god, my mind is like blown. Um, But it is like it is really interesting. I remember there's this, uh, I don't know if anyone in here is from Ontario, but there's this um, really cool museum and we went in grade five and it's called the ROM. It's the Royal Ontario Museum. Mm -hmm. And I remember my class dressed me up as a mummy. And I thought this, that was like the coolest place. Like when we did the Egyptian learnings and lessons, like that whole module in school, I loved it. Like was obsessed. So It's really interesting now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, that's a connection as well, right? So, yeah, totally. yeah, I'll have to
0: look. Okay, <laughs> keep us posted. I will. <laughs> so, yeah, let's dive into a little bit of uh, briefly about like the current energies of like what's going on. We are in the end of August, coming into be- beginning of September. Mm-hmm. Um. So I know there is Mercury retrograde, Venus retrograde. So I think this would be helpful for people to navigate and be like, and wondering of like why things might be coming up for them and what to expect in the next little while.
1: Mm. Yeah. When you had reached out and you said that I was like, um, there's so much going on. And obviously you had asked me like last week when there's so many things happening from like a uh, environmental standpoint, especially with the fires and all the things. So I'll start there because when you had originally asked me, I was like, Oh my God, like I wish I had the time because there is so much going on. And so if we backtrack a little bit and talk about Leo season, which is basically from, you know, the third week of July into the third week of August and Leo season is really powerful. Like it packs a punch. It's got a lot of fire. Um, There is this element of bravery and boldness and really wanting to like be seen for something, a craft that we have, and just really take action around whatever's in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, we also had the North node move into Aries. And then we also had, which is also a fire sign and then Mm -hmm. Venus and also in Leo, which has been retrograde as a fire sign. So lots of fire like wow. a lot, right? And so that element is very strong. And something that I found super interesting just in terms of like, you know, kind of speaking about current events and um, you know, what happened in Hawaii is they used the ocean to save themselves, like a lot of them, water, another element, right? Yeah. And this is so interesting to kind of look at in terms of how we can understand astrology from like an energetic point of view is using the elements. So Leo season has been so much about fire, but it's also like, okay, too much fire can create burnout. It can create exhaustion. It can create, um, it can burn things down, you know, like there is that. And so we need to have the other elements present And so now we're moving into the space of Virgo, which is very earthly and grounding and detoxifying, which is something that I love so much about Virgo. It's like we come into September and we want new routines. We want to have, we want to focus on our health again, right? We might not be eating eating out as much or whatever it is. And the simplification of that is so supportive for ourselves and our bodies, but also for our earth. So, uh, yeah, we're really coming into that phase. Um, There is still Venus retrograde. (laughs) And, you know, that's going to change on September the 3rd. So, anything that's been coming up around the feelings of needing to let go or release or almost like I'm trying to think of a different word to describe this because I don't want to say like burn away, but. It is like the best way to describe fire energy. Basically, Venus is like love, finances, self-worth, your aesthetic. So any rebrand that's going on in any of those areas, you know, there's an opportunity that's going to happen here in September to really start a new cycle. So again, anything that's needing to be released or detoxified is really what we're kind of coming into now, which I do think is needed and necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're feeling any of that from an intuitive level, but yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Definitely last week. I was like, okay, what the heck is going on? Which is, I noticed because Venus retrograde started, was it July it started?
1: Um. Oh yeah. It's, I can't remember the exact date, but it might've even been into the end of June. I think it moved in in June. Yes. I think you're right. Started in July. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So what I find interesting with myself that it started... Yeah, started back then, but I only started feeling it like last week. So mm. I notice when that happens, like, I, I think I'm doing fine. I'm like, oh, I'm not affected by this. Like, I'm good. Something's in retrograde. I feel wonderful. And then towards the end of it, it's like, I forget that it's still happening. And then I just get hit. And then I'm like, wow. But I find that there's a trend of, I always feel really fine at the beginning, but at almost towards the end, do you? As, yeah, do you know anything about that? Is that just depending on like what I have in my chart personally?
1: Great question. A hundred percent. Yeah, it totally depends in terms of your own chart, obviously. There's so many different ways in which we could kind of look at that. But personally, yes, it depends when the planets are kind of affecting you in your own chart. And it can also be um Sometimes I feel like with retrogrades, there's like a buildup yeah, and there can be like a, almost like a lingering in a sense or a, a waiting to feel it. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it does depend in which and where, where in your chart it's happening and what aspects are being made to that Venus, which can take time for everyone. Like everyone will feel it. It's yeah. just like, okay, are you the earlier degree, middle or later degree?
0: Um, Is there anything that we should know for now of how to navigate through the Mercury retrograde that just started this week?
1: Yes. Okay. I love this Mercury retrograde. It's actually good.
0: Okay. Because sometimes it's good and sometimes it's usually bad, right? It's
1: pretty janky and wonky, which we still get. Like my tech has been kind of like, you know, messed up here and there and like, you know, you got to think about things in terms of like, okay, maybe I need some extra time to drive to this location or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, those things are natural and they're going to happen. Yeah. But Mercury loves to be in the sign of Virgo. It mm-hmm. loves it there. It's like it's best buddy. So together they work really well together. Okay. And because it's retrograde, Virgo is actually really good at creating a plan at being able to see the details needed in order to move forward. It says, what do I need to let go of or detoxify or clear out? How can I make this more of a simpler process? So I always think of like Virgo as Marie Kondo, like does this spark joy? If not get rid of it, right? Like why are you holding it? It's like very minimalistic energy. Mm-hmm. And so with Mercury retrograde, it's like How can you create more simplicity in your life, right? And how can that help you sort of drown out the sounds or create, or even, um, actually, I would say too, because I think there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are kind of up in the air for a lot of people. And so this Mercury retrograde can actually help us find the clarity and put the pieces together, which I think is needed for a lot of people
0: okay. That's good news for everybody. (laughs) Like this is a good Mercury retrograde. And that's interesting. And when does it finish?
1: September the 15th. There will be like a period of time after where it gets a little foggy, just like it does before. Mm -hmm. But anytime, like I always say, like basically Mercury will, will be in a sign. So it's already been in Virgo. It moved over and then it retrogrades back. And then when it stations direct on September the 15th, it's going to go back over all of the things, all of the areas where it retrograded over. So it's kind of like going back over and saying like, hey, clean up on aisle five and deciding what you're bringing with you and what new perspective you have now after everything you've learned. Mm. So you get like a new point of view. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. For somebody, if they wanted to see the metro the retrograde on a personal level of there is there a certain area of their chart that they would want to figure out like where to look because it does affect us all differently
1: yeah so you'd want to know where the virgo area is in your chart so whatever house has the virgo symbol um and you can easily google what is the virgo symbol and if you don't know it'll be there um so that's super easy to find uh-huh. and um basically that the house that has that that symbol in it, that's where the mercury is going to be. Now, to go a bit deeper, if you're somebody who already knows that, the next layer to that would be, okay, what are the squares that are happening to Virgo? So any Gemini placement, any Sagittarius placement, and any um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking Pisces placement. Yes, that's right. So all the mutable energies that's the areas that are going to be a little bit sticky, and they might ask you to put in a little bit more work to um make some changes so first, you want to look at where Virgo is, mm-hmm. and then if you're more advanced, you can go a bit further and you can look at Sagittarius Pisces and Virgo Sagittarius Gemini Pi- yes, thank you. <laughs>
0: So for example, if I was to look where my Virgo placement was, and I don't remember where mine is personally, but for say, for example, if your Virgo is in, are you looking for like that, the, the number of house that they're in? Or are you looking what sign they're in?
1: Yes. You want to look to see what house number it is. So that's your first step.
0: Okay. So for example, if it's in the house number two, mm-hmm. uh, now where do you go? you know what house it's in. So now what's the next step? Like, how can this, how can you learn uh, yeah. how to work with the energy?
1: I love this. So now you're, you're, you're going to probably say, okay, well, what does the second house mean? And so this is super helpful to know, knowing your houses is going to tell you the environment of life that is going to be affected. Okay. So again, you can Google this, you can literally go to my page. I have so many resources on this that can help as well, learn further um but second house just quickly would be your what you have your resources finances money your skills that you are um using to to make money even so you can probably okay we know that's the area of life those are the themes that are going to come up then your next step is like hmm do i have any planets in this house and if there are little black glyphs in that house those planets are also going to tell you about what kind of an impact might be being made there. And if you don't have any planets there, that's totally okay too. Um, it doesn't, you know, you'll still feel it might feel a little differently than someone who does have planets there, okay. but generally speaking, we know that Mercury is going to be moving through that area and Mercury is a planet of communication. It's the planet that rules um, thoughts and ideas and conversations. And so whenever it's retrograde, it's probably going to bring up ideas from the past conversations from the past, um, plans that need revision from the past. And it's going to revolve around that house that it's in. So if you did have Virgo in the second house and Mercury retrogrades there, it's probably like, Hey, probably time to review our budget and think about new ways to consider maybe making money or going over some things around our finances mm-hmm. um, or making a new plan.
0: Okay, I love that. And is that the same for like full moons and new moons that the new moons in Sagittarius, then you want to look what house your Sagittarius is in and it's the same same kind of thing?
1: Exactly, yeah. So knowing like the, I'm so proud of you, by the way, I know you're learning this and I'm like, you know, you're like nailing it on the head. Basically breaking it all down and knowing what the sign is and what the sign means, Mm -hmm. knowing what the planet is and what the planet means and knowing what the house means. That's an amazing place to start learning and understanding it.
0: Perfect. Okay. My last question about the houses is that how do you know which is your first and second house? I've looked at the charts and it doesn't say your first house, your second house, your third house, like I don't know if there's a different like sign that I need to look for to know which is the first house, second house. So it depends.
1: This is a, actually a really good question as well, because everyone uses a different like website or app to basically find it out. And so certain apps will not show you it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also some websites that also won't show you it. But if you go to com, which is the one that I use all the time, If you look at the very middle of the chart, there's a little tiny numbers that are inside the houses. So yeah, you kind of got to go, it's almost as if you're looking at the circle. And then if you go right into the middle, very middle part, you'll Mm -hmm. see little numbers that are going around um, the houses. But another way to think about it is basically you're always going to start at the rising sign and then whatever comes underneath that, that's going to be your first house, the first chunk. And then you're gonna go count around the next chunk, the next pie piece is a two. So you can go one, two, all the way around to twelve.
0: Perfect. Thank you for clarifying that. I have so many questions. Cause once you look at the chart and you're you're not like trained on how to like read it, it just looks there's so many numbers, so many colors, so many symbols, and you're like, wow, it just looks overwhelming. So I think, yeah, like you said, the best way to do it is just to to start start small, figure out like what the houses are, the signs mean, and would you want, what would be the first parts that people should learn about their own chart? Mm. Ooh, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I think sun, moon, rising is always a great place for people to start. It tends to be that for a lot of people, but I think understanding your planets um, as you kind of go through and especially your personal planets, like Sun, moon, rising, Mercury, Venus, um, and going as deep with those as you possibly can and just getting curious. But also, I'm I'm a very intuitive astrologer. So I do believe that like if there's a place in your chart that you're really curious about, and maybe it's an asteroid, I don't know, like maybe you're like, I really want to learn about my Chiron, but you don't know everything about your moon and rising, that's okay. Follow your intuition because that planet is trying to teach you something. It's like, I see the planets as like our guides, like spirit guides. And I'm like, if they are loud, like they're trying to tell you something, like they're trying to teach you. And Mm so that's a really, like, really cool piece to think about in terms of like, if you're looking at your chart and you're like, this is overwhelming, but like that right there is sticking out to me, go figure out what that is.
0: Oh, okay. I like that. I had never heard of that concept before. When I think of astrology, sometimes I think that it's very structured, but the way you describe it, it's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like too, do you find that different astrologers work differently with their intuitiveness or intuitive? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And some people are very structured with the astrology. Mm -hmm. I don't, that's not how I am. Right. Like I'm so I like structure, but it's something I've had to learn and develop in my own life. Whereas like the intuitive piece, I think comes a little bit easier for me. Um, So obviously you have to know the information, but then it's like, yeah, just allowing it to come in different ways. So everyone is so different. And that's why, you know, finding different people and who you jive with and learning from different astrologers is like the best because then you can form your own opinions and your own theories and how you do things. But to answer your question, yeah, everyone does it so different. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I have noticed a little bit following different people. Um, I do notice that everyone has their own way of doing it, but very similar information and energy. Yes. So curious. How do you feel about when people say, I don't know if I believe in astrology or I don't believe in it?
1: Yeah, this is a big, this is so it's okay. I've been on an evolution with this question because for a really long time, I was like, I would like fight back. And then now I'm like, okay, but it's not even my job though, to convince you that this is real, like, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever in the, in the realm of dating or like that is like a whole other level, which is very interesting. But I do get a lot of people, not a lot, I do get some people who are like religious where that question will come up and they're like, this is not real. Like, you know, this is the work of something else other than God. And that has really challenged me because I don't see astrology as something that is separate. I feel like it's a, like a universal consciousness and it's very like, can unite a lot of people. So that one's challenging for sure. But I think what I, I generally type to just say to people is like, okay, well, like, it's not my job to convince you but often they will come back and be like, well, what can you say about me? And I'm like, yeah, of course everyone (laughs) wants to know.
0: (laughs) But is it, why do I have a feeling that it's like proven science, like astrology? You know, I feel like it's different in the way of, I don't know if I believe in mediumship. I don't know if I believe in spirit, but it's like astrology. Isn't, isn't it just facts? Like I haven't dug deep enough to know, but that was always what I thought was like proven science in a way. Does that make sense? Or am I just making that up?
1: It does. I mean, they've used people have used astrology for literally like centuries, like it's been around for so long. And when you actually think about it, like, you know, from a scientific point of view, there is a connection from the moon to women's cycles. Mm -hmm. There is a connection from the moon to the water. We are also made up of water. And even like way back, like, you know, when we didn't have Google Maps, like people used the stars and the sun and all of these things to help them navigate, like, literally living in the world. And eclipses were so big way back in the day. Like, you know, there's, it's just, there is a lot of history and there is a lot of like scientific evidence to say that like this, you know, is real. Mm -hmm. I think because, the horoscopes came out and a lot of people say, this is not real. It's so generalized. I hear that and I get that because it, it is more generalized, but there is so much more to it than just your sun sign. So I think that's where education comes in, right? hmm
0: Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I have to ask, because it was one of the questions that was coming up later, but you mentioned dating. Oh, yeah. Do you think it's challenging to date, like being an astrologer? And this follow-up question would be like, what would be the couple first things that you would want to check in like a potential partner's chart <laughs> as like maybe alarming or like red flags?
1: Yeah, this is so good. I... Well, haven't dated in a while, but we are embarking on that journey next, which is really exciting. Um, and I think it's also a cool way for me to learn more about like synastry astrology and, and relationship astrology is like being in it and learning and, you know, all these ways. But um, yeah, I have on the apps that I am an astrologer and I like got that on there because I just want to be like very honest and open, but also people can find me anywhere on the internet. So like, I'm not hiding it, you know? Um, but I have had people who are like, what do you mean? Like, what does someone who's an astrologer do? Like you actually make money from that? Like almost this like kind of degrading energy. And in that case, I'm just like, okay, bye. You know, like, no thanks. And I always try to tell people too, like, it's, (sighs) if you are someone who's into astrology or anything that you're excited about, right. And there's a passion behind it. It's not like, then that's not the people for us, like straight up. Right. So like, that's something that I definitely have kind of um, brought into my life now. However, (laughs) this is way easier said than done because sometimes I also don't lead with it. Like if they ask me, I'll like say, Hey, yeah. But like, I also don't lead with it just as like a way, because I also want them to respect what I do. And, you know, I don't want to be like instantly like, what's your sign, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. I try not to do that. Um, But the curiosity of meeting anyone new as anyone who's probably listening to this and who is into astrology is like my brain literally is like, I am like thinking of your chart right now. And I need to know what's going on.
0: Yeah. You want to like secretly ask them, what time were you born? What birth city?
1: <laughs> it is really interesting in, in that kind of uh way, but um this is something that's been coming kind of coming up on my TikTok and I love this. And a friend of mine, his name's Brandon, he's also an astrologer, and um he had stitched a video on TikTok and it was so good. Um, and it was basically about how men there are certain men who almost say like, oh my God, astrology is BS. Like I hate when women talk about this. And one point of me is like, I get that. And I also am like, "Mm, like okay, women, we don't need to like ask right away for these guys' birth times and like all these things. But on the other hand, and this is what the video was about, he had said, if a woman is interested in you, and she likes astrology, she's wanting to know because she's interested in understanding you on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boom, like yeah. that right there is actually so beautiful. And you know, what's the harm if you are a guy and you are ever listening to this? I don't know what your <laughs> your stats are like, but you know, what is the harm? What's the harm? There is no harm in it. And mm-hmm. so understanding that, like she's just trying to get to know you.
0: Hmm. Boom. I wonder if it's just like that feeling of being exposed like oh my gosh now you're going to understand me on a deeper level where I've never let anybody in that close before and they feel like yeah very vulnerable I wonder if it's that too right.
1: yeah also I think that's why consent is so important right like I am very big on like it's really hard to like kind of refrain from that because obviously if we don't have someone's birth time, we can still look up where the planets were and all that stuff. And I definitely have done this. Um, but I also think consent is so important because you are looking at someone's, you know, information and I don't know how I would feel if the table was reversed and I didn't have, you know, consent. So I do try to live by that. I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I think you're right
0: oh it's so funny because it's the first time I met my partner I wasn't into astrology but I do like knowing what your sign is and I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be like right like like you said right off the bat like what's your sign but I wanted to know so bad so I was trying to hold it in I was like so like um I'm I'm like when's your birthday and I was like that's even weirder it feels like I'm gonna give him a birthday present (laughs) I just met him and then um, because I felt like there's this like similarity between the two of us, it felt, but it, now that looking back, I know it was like a soulmate connection, but the only way I understood it as he was like, I'm a Taurus. And I was like, oh, me too. And I was like, that's what I was feeling. But like, cause that's how little I knew about astrology for me. That was enough for me to be like, okay, that's why I feel like this comfort level, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I definitely kind of cool. love knowing people's signs.
1: Well, I was just going to say like, That, um, like, if you are looking at someone's, um, like, chart, for example, or, you know, you meet someone, like, obviously understanding their sun sign is so important because you can understand, try to see who they are at, like, a very fundamental level. Um, The moon is also a really cool one to understand feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you go deeper, like, Venus is very important in terms of, like, a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. um, And things like this, so it does. It does have layers, but really, I think like the moon and sun are a really good place to start.
0: Yeah. Um. So, with the consent, if somebody had the consent and they want to look at someone's partner's chart, is there such thing as like red flags?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like a Pisces rising with a Venus Pisces, so I'm like I don't I don't see those. <laughs> I literally like red flags. I'm like, what are those? Um, But no, there definitely would be certain things that could come up that you should probably be more aware of, but more so in a sense of not necessarily how your relationship would be, but like what is happening in that person's life right now? Because maybe they're going through certain transits that are indicating they're actually not ready for a relationship you know and maybe you are and you're like trying to make it work you know like that could be an indicator <laughs> like if somebody's going through Saturn return for example and you know maybe it's in their 12th house or maybe it's in their 4th house and like certain things are happening from like a home and family perspective and maybe you're not haven't even entered your Saturn return yet or you're way done your Saturn return and someone's going through theirs that's a really great example of like okay this person's focus might not actually be on the relationship right now maybe there's other things going on in their life and so it's not necessarily like a deal breaker or a red flag that you're never going to be in a relationship but just understanding that like hey timing is a thing yes very important thing so that that definitely is part of it there's other things like oppositions and squares that can also indicate um, in sinistry if we're going to have a more challenging relationship within certain planets. So that's kind of something to look at. But again, that's that's like a very deep layer to explore.
0: Okay. That makes sense. That's very interesting. You want to see like Cause we're all on this path and we all are going through different things at different times. So yeah, I never, I never thought about it that like that. Like it's not necessarily about you guys being together. It's about th- your individual journey. That's like unfolding.
1: Yeah. Like you can, like you want to have squares and oppositions in a chart with a partner. Like if you don't have that, there's not going to be any growth. Um, and it could really be like turn into a situation where maybe you're just like you know really good friends and that's okay too but um i think it's important that we know that like even more challenging aspects like it's okay to have those in our charts with our partners because if there's a lot of them and it's toxic then obviously that's a problem but if there is an amount in which you know you're you're supporting each other each other's growth that's really good so don't be afraid uh just you know certain aspects because we think that they're more challenging.
0: Mhm. Okay. Can you find your soul's purpose by looking at your chart? Cuz I feel oh. like that might be a common thing that people are like I want to know like what am I meant to be doing here in this lifetime? Like where would they look or how would they dive into that?
1: Okay, so Grab a pen and paper if you don't already have one, or come back to this. Um, but your soul's purpose or path can be found in a couple different places in your chart. And a big one is the north and south node. And I love kind of talking about that because we had already mentioned about past life or past lives. And that can really kind of show up in a north and south node. So South node is like your comfort zone and things that you've maybe already done in a previous life before that you can bring with you into this life, but you can also grow. Into a certain direction here, and so what else I'll say is that that North Node is really like your soul's evolution, and so whatever sign your your North Node is in can give you a huge indicator of like, okay, what am I meant to be growing into? What is my um like my my northern star? You know, where am I going? Okay, so that's one place. And then the MC, which is the legacy line, it's at the very top of your chart. That is another one I like to look at for purpose and feeling really fulfilled in something that we, you know, really love in this life. And then I would also even kind of throw Chiron in there because Chiron is our wounded healer and, you know, obviously he can be triggering, but he can also show us the things that we heal from and what we can help other people with as well. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see those as being some really cool indicators from like a planetary kind of perspective.
0: Do you notice a similarity or a trend between spiritually interested people or people that work in like as a medium or a psychic or astrology? Is there a trend? Oh yeah, you notice?
1: Oh yeah, usually there's some sort of ma- major aspects in water elements or certain houses will have. Um like a water water placement in certain houses like the twelfth, the eighth, maybe even the sixth then there will also maybe be like Chiron, for example um Chiron in cancer I see a lot of clients that have Chiron and cancer mm-hmm. um Chiron Scorpio people like the again water elements there mm-hmm. um so yeah, there are other indicators too, but those ones kind of come up at the top of my head and also like pluto pluto is evolutionary and it's very generational um and millennials are born with pluto and scorpio so that's another water element it rules death and rebirth the underworld so
0: okay so there's definitely lots of areas where you have to really figure out how to how to read your chart to go to the deep level because i feel like lots of things where you need guidance or support in this lifetime there's a way to figure it out on your chart
1: hands down 100% and also like you're not I believe that you're not meant to know your whole chart all at once like I think you definitely can but I think it's kind of like that um like the evolution of self right like the what you're going through in life you'll understand more pieces of the puzzle of your chart when you're meant to so mm-hmm. which is actually like I find that very comforting like oh I don't have to figure this whole thing out right away mm-hmm. I can learn as I grow through things. Like maybe you're in an era or a season in your life where you're um, wanting to be a mom, you know, and maybe you're going to learn that area of your chart of what that looks like. Or maybe you're in a career focused part of your life and you want to know more about how you show up in career or as a leader or what that looks like. And we can break it into pieces like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense because there's no way we can learn it all in one day or even a year, it's like a Um, lifetime of evolving.
1: Rome was not built in a day. I always tell myself that.
0: (laughs) What would you recommend for people that don't know their birth time?
1: Okay. So this is, um, yeah, this is an interesting one and it it does, it is unfortunate because some people are like, oh, I really wish I had it. There's a couple of things you can do. So I've had certain people call hospitals they were born at. Mm -hmm. somehow miraculously get their time of birth and they track it down. There's like paperwork you got to fill out. You can also look, there are some birth certificates that will have it on it. If you know where your birth certificate is, mine is not one of them, but there are people that have that. Mm -hmm. And then there are astrologers who do something called rectification. And essentially what it is, is they are asking you questions that will support unlocking or understanding what your rising sign could have possibly been. That's not something I do, um, but there are astrologers who do it, who have been doing astrology for a very long time. They know the questions to ask. Um, you know, so So if you really want to, I would suggest finding an astrologer who does that because they're the ones that can help you kind of figure it out a little bit easier.
0: Okay. I haven't heard of that one before. That's interesting. I've heard of like, you could write in Google, like when you're typing everything in, you could use like noon for an example, but that's very, very general, right?
1: Yeah. That'll be like what will come up if you, uh, for the most part, like don't know your birth time that typically tends to be like the general place to go, but Mm -hmm. the rising sign changes the most. So it's, you know, pretty likely if you're Like, for example, if you have, if you were born in night, but you put in the morning, it's going to be a completely different rising sign.
0: You know, what's interesting is that I've had pre-life, pre-birth memories coming into this lifetime. And one of them included like waiting. And I was like, what are we waiting for? Everything's already like planned. We, we knew like what my purpose was and everything was planned. There's a lot of planning coming into this lifetime. But I remember there's a part where I was waiting and then I was like, what are we waiting for now? And they're like, we're waiting for the stars to align. So it was almost like everything in my chart was planned and I was meant to come in at that very moment where everything else was aligning in the universe. And I was like, that is so cool.
1: That like makes theory. That's so beautiful. Also, it reminds me of like, you know, I'm, I love spirit babies and That makes me feel like when they kind of give us the nudge of like, hey, like I'm up here, but Mm -hmm. we're like waiting for the stars to align down here so that we can receive them.
0: Yeah. And also just goes back to divine timing too, right? That's so beautiful. I love it. Briefly, what is cartography? I think this is something that's been coming up for me or just been hearing about it a lot more recently. Is it new or has it always been around? Yeah,
1: it's been around for a long time. Astrocartography is basically the study of the planets um, from your chart in in the world. So where do your planetary lines run in specific areas of the world? Now, again, obviously, it's unique to everyone, but it can show us the impact or the lessons that those planets will teach us in those spots globally. Um, so yeah, it's really good to kind of understand if you're traveling or if you want to move, or if you even just want to learn more about your like lineage and your family lines, those can be things that kind of show up there too. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. It's fun to explore.
0: Yeah. I I booked my, my reading with you not long ago because we were planning a trip to Europe and I was like, Oh, there's so many places I want to go. But then I wanted to help to like narrow it down and mm-hmm. it was interesting because there was some Chiron lines and there were some other lines that you're like well some people like to follow those ones and some people don't because it might be uncomfortable change mm-hmm. um so it's interesting of like half of the side of Ireland it was like a positive sun my sun sign which is more of like I would feel happy if I went there and all positive I believe and then the other side was like a little bit dark and like change so I was like oh that's really interesting if so Um, So you find that people should follow the sun signs if they were wondering for like travel plans.
1: Mm, Yeah, I mean, like there are so many different things. It depends what you're craving, right? Like if you are craving like, hey, I really need my soul to be filled up here and I need some more energy. The sun sign is gonna be more than likely a pretty good place for you to go. Um, But it's gonna be very yang and busy because it's the sun, right? So there is there, if you're like want more rest, maybe the sun sign isn't the place to go, you know, because there's going to be a lot going on. If you're somebody who like, let's say, for example, you are looking to go to like a yoga retreat or a healing retreat. Hey, Chiron could actually be like really nice for you or like a moon line, you know? So I always think like, again, like kind of coming back to how I had mentioned about how like the planets are like spirit guides or they're like our teachers. It's like I think you'll, if you actually were to get curious and you said to yourself, what am I looking for in a trip? What am I looking for right now that I feel like I don't have where I am or that I want more of, or I'm craving. And then if you looked on the map or if you just thought to yourself, okay, like I'm really craving Europe. And then if you ask yourself like, well, why are you craving Europe? Like, what is it there? Is it the history? Maybe there's a family line there, Mm -hmm. which would make sense for Chiron. Um, and so those sorts of things, that's like a really good way that I think you can practically use it and work with those teachers, work with the planets. Um, so yeah, I'm not someone who's ever going to say, don't go to the space. There are some areas that are a little like, "Eh," Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be really hard, but at the same time, I think like just following your intuition with it is really important.
0: Mm. I love that. Okay. Okay. Let's dive into a couple rapid-fire questions before we finish up. All right. So, first question is: What is your sun rising and moon?
1: I am an Aquarius sun, Scorpio moon, and Pisces rising.
0: Ooh, okay. And if you could incarnate as one animal, which animal would you choose? Dolphin. And why? <laughs> There's no. I love dolphins so much. I feel like they
1: just look like they're having the best time ever just out there, you know, and they have lots of friends in the ocean.
0: Yeah, they do look like they're having the best time ever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what is the best prank that you've ever played on somebody or somebody has played on you? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a good one. I
1: don't I don't know. I feel like the one that's coming to mind, which is like, this feels really bad to admit. But um, when I was in college, we lived in this house. <laughs> this is so bad. And there was like a bunch of us girls who lived here, but one of the girls' boyfriend would like always come over <laughs> and he would leave super early in the morning. So one day we put Saran wrap <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs and he just heard him like, clunk fall over which is really bad to admit that's so petty but like I was in my second year of college so I've grown from that
0: I'm sure he was fine <laughs> yeah. yeah I think
1: mean, he got annoyed of us like we were definitely like you know when you're like it was like seven girls in a house and we're like hey, like this one guy who comes over <laughs> he's mm. with him.
0: yeah oh, it's almost like he should expect something to go down <laughs>
1: yeah hello you're in a house of college
0: girls <laughs> Um, Do you have a favorite book for astrology or people wanting to learn astrology? Book. Um,
1: There are so many. And I am not the best book recommender because reading is not my um, preferred method of learning. However, I love podcasts and there are so many podcasts out there. Um, So I will recommend... The Astrology podcast is really good. That's with Chris Brennan. Learned so much from him. Um, you can literally explore so many different topics. But a lot of these people who do, like Chris Brennan has books. Um, Chani Nicholas has a really good book that people love. Um, I think it's called You're Born This Way or something. Um, but I also just want to like put this out there some of my favorite books are kids' books. <laughs> And one day I will also be writing a kid's book. It's going to happen. I know it, but they have really, 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 really good books for kids, um, that are all around astrology. So if you are a parent or you work with kids and, um, you know, you maybe want to explore those, they have some really good ones. And there's a whole series around like, um, junior astrologers and also dear little blank. So like little Leo, little cancer. And you can find them on Amazon and everywhere. They're literally my favorite ones. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I want to grab my nieces a couple. That sounds fun. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it's literally, and I'm giving my secret, but like anytime someone, my thing is like anytime someone has a baby, I'm buying them their first book. I think it's like, again, I love children books,
0: Mm -hmm. but those
1: are like the books I go to. So if you like know someone who's having a baby, it's
0: like such a good gift. Oh, That's awesome. And congratulations. You're writing your own book. That's amazing.
1: I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but it's like the idea is there. It is going to happen
0: Yeah, Awesome. The the plan is in the universe. The stars will align. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, What inspires you?
1: Inspires me. I think other people who are living their dreams and who are really ambitious and who are kind of like self made, I would say. Mm-hmm. People who are definitely kind of fall in those categories really inspire me. Um, but also, very Aquarius of me, I would say making changes in the world is like my greatest inspiration.
0: I love that answer. Yeah. What is the last thing that you Googled? <laughs> the last thing I could do. <laughs> Can you look it up really
1: quick? That's so yeah. funny. It was probably something astrology. I don't even signs of signs of chronic dehydration <laughs> Uh-oh.
0: you know it's a summer heat wave one, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's really kind of not, yeah, that's not very fun, but I think I was like I was really struggling. I was very thirsty for a really long time there in July, so. Clearly, I kept coming back to it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Um, if you were to go on the Bachelorette, what would your limo entrance be? Assuming you, know, <laughs> assuming you know you've seen the show maybe once or twice. <laughs> what would? Oh no! I have no. Idea. This is so
1: good. I feel like I wanted. I want to say like it would be something extravagant, but honestly, knowing me, I'd probably fall. Mm. I'd probably like fall out of the limo or like do something really quirky and weird mm-hmm. and then it would just like become memorable but like yeah I don't know I feel like it would be something really silly.
0: <laughs> I can see you coming out like in a dolphin costume a girl has done that before.
1: <laughs> dolphin girl I remember that or yeah. maybe like, dancing or something like I don't know I love to dance so like maybe something like that but. I honestly feel like I'd probably fall.
0: <laughs> hey, that could be part of, part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, what you see is what you get. Yeah. You're like, I'm already falling for you. Yeah. Little... <laughs> <So good. laughs> You're like, that was so planned. and oh, no, it totally wasn't. <laughs> if I'm ever on a date and I
1: accidentally fall, I'm stealing. that.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. The last question before we go, what is your absolute favorite crystal?
1: I have to say amethyst because that's my birthstone. Um, but I was tossing between amethyst and and citrine because I feel like citrine is like something I feel like I definitely want more of in the next like leg of my journey. I have a lot of amethyst. Um, I have like a huge one right here and sits on my desk. And it's gotten me through like Saturn return being here. But the next place I move into, I really want to have. More citrine, so yeah, that's they're cool. a
0: good combination together. They. Yeah, and like
1: beautiful coloring together too. Hey,
0: mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, so today was so fun. How can people find you if they want more information on how to learn from you or your podcast or uh, anything that you have to offer? Any of your offerings that you're offering? Instagram, yeah, yeah. you find, find me all over the yeah. yeah. <laughs> lay it all up. Uh, yeah. You can find me on Bravely Beautiful Brand on Instagram,
1: uh, one of my outlets. And then I also have a podcast called Saturn Return Diaries. There are two seasons, I think. Um, it's been on hiatus for a while because I haven't brought it back up, but there is lots of great information there um, and interviews about people who have gone through their Saturn return. So if that is something you want to learn more about. Um, and then, yeah, basically my website is bravely, beautiful brand. Again, you can find that on Instagram and I have lots of different education. Um, I have a astro guidebook for beginners. If that's something that you want, um, lots of ways in which we can work together. One-on-one offers courses, you name it. Um, but then if you want it, if you're a TikTok lover, I have lots of TikTok content that is very astrology based. You can find me at I am court burns there.
0: I love that. There's lots of, lots of ways to work with you. Lots of opportunities, different platforms to follow you, but yeah, thank you so much. That was so fun. And I'm sure we, the listeners learned something from today and, and they feel inspired to go check out their own charts and yeah, hopefully connect with you in the future.
1: Yeah. Thank you. That was so fun. You are a great podcast host.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. You're a great guest.
1: Killed it. Yeah.
0: Love it. All right. um, right. We'll see you on the next episode of The Bachelorette.
1: <laughs> are, we, are you, do you know something? I don't know. Are you picking up on like a psychic thing? Am I going to be on The Bachelorette? <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's see not- you then.
0: Bye. Bye.